I'm using the word magnetic. And it started for me, especially when I started touring in 2007, those initial radio interviews, being on the morning TV shows as I toured as a performing artist, incredible talents and skills, and yet communicating that message once they get in front of others can be where there can be a definite disconnect. From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Hey folks, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Superpower School podcast. And on today's episode, I am a bit nervous because I have a guest who's world famous. She has a phenomenal music career, which we're going to find out about in a moment. But she is a media and communications coach and a recording artist. So without further ado, I have Amy Scruggs, who's joined me today on the show. Hey, Amy, how are you doing? I am so excited to be with you. It's actually morning time as we record this here. I'm in San Diego, California. So you are kicking off my day in a perfect way. Thank you so oh. much. Oh, that is so nice. Yeah. I just wish I was over your part of the world, but hey, can't have everything. And how is it over there? Is it very sunny or are you facing the rains? Because I hear California is getting a lot of rain at the moment. We did get some rain. Now in San Diego here, we're traditionally sunny in 75 all the time. We pay extra for that. But last week we did have quite a bit of rain, which here means we actually go into panic and we have to wear socks with our flip-flops. So it was really quite a transition for us to deal with some rain for a few days. But I think we're going to be back to sunny and 75 today. So we're fine. Oh, well, I was thinking then you can now start to appreciate a little bit of what we go through here in England, because we probably get about two days of sunshine in the whole year. And then, yes, we're uh, reversed on that, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think global warming is a good thing. Well, that's a controversial <laughs> thing to say, but for us anyway. So Amy, tell me, what superpower would you like to bring to this episode? I'm using the word magnetic. The superpower is really helping individuals through all of the careers that I have, even as a recording artist, as a media and communications coach, learning how to present yourself in a way that is attracting others to you, not repelling. Whether that's our nonverbals, whether that's our vocabulary, whether through music, what we're doing, is it creating something that's making an impact and drawing people in? And I believe that magnetism is my superpower. Oh, well, I'm being drawn to you already. I think that's infectious, that magnetism. So I love that because I think we need more of that, don't we, in the we world? Do. Yeah. There's a lot of hate in the world and it's always great when we have positivity and that feel-good kind of atmosphere. So that's really good. And Amy, can you tell us more about your background? Because I'm really intrigued to know about this recording artist side of you. Recording artist slash media coach, former TV host. Yes, promise this is going to be the short cliff note version, but it really comes down to one powerful word, and it's the word shift. When we can continually shift in our life and in our tools and in our career, it's amazing what will transform before us. And my life was definitely the power of shift. I started in business, in sales back in 2000 in the real estate and mortgage world. And I learned very quickly that effective communication was what was setting me apart and allowing me to be successful in that platform. Being comfortable speaking in front of other professionals, being confident in how I presented myself 
and being magnetic. And so I had a wonderful time of success really launching that time of learning myself as a young adult and a young professional. But at the peak of that, we ended up having a recession here in the U.S. that was devastating. So I lost that career overnight, gone. That's where the shift comes in. I had been performing and singing my entire life. It was a passion. I had the opportunity to go back and forth to Nashville and record a little bit. And I had been singing locally to a lot of concerts in the park and with cover bands. So I took this moment and opportunity that the other career disappeared and I put both of them together with a business plan. And I went out and asked for the business as a recording artist and it was successful. Six months later, I was opening for one of the biggest artists in country music on a national stage because running it as a business, effective communication and being magnetic. And so I was able to transfer now over to seven years of touring as a recording artist, being able to open for some of the largest names in music in some beautiful stages, and also three years as the spokesperson for the American veterans for the state of California. So we did a lot of military and veteran work as well. My oldest son, Ryan, is my lead guitar player. So we toured as a family and four kids in tow while we toured and went through that shift. And then in 2011, I re-entered into the business world, doing business development, working with teams and coaching so that my kids could be at school and kind of settle in a little bit. We were done touring and I combined the career. So I was still performing and now back in the business world, which opened up opportunities to shift into TV hosting, which opened up opportunities to really understand the behavior of most humans when it comes to being on camera and speaking. Because now I was interviewing professionals of all industries, hundreds and hundreds of interviews and seeing there's a common thread. And they really launched the coaching business And I was blessed in 2020 when we shifted as an entire world to see everyone go on camera. And that's what I do. That's what I help with. So it really expanded the coaching. And at the same time, I was called back to Nashville to record the project of my dreams. So I was able to put together a new album. And in early 2022, I had a best-selling book on media coaching and released my new music project. And it charted worldwide. And here we sit today to have this great conversation on helping professionals and helping individuals be magnetic and create those opportunities. Can I just say something, Amy? I'm so glad you did your introduction and not me, because I could never, ever get my head around all of that. That's just phenomenal. You've like been through so much, which is so interesting. And I'm only 25. That's just in case we're checking. I thought you were 23, <laughs> but hey, like, we'll, we'll, what's a couple of years here or there? It's a couple of years. <laughs> so, Amy, you mentioned some really famous people that you opened for. Yes. Give us some names. Trace Atkins, and these are all in the country music, so it's okay if you don't know who they are, but Charlie Daniels, The Devil Went Down to Georgia, one of the most famous country songs. I had the opportunity to do a show with Charlie Daniels. Again, Trace Atkins, Eric Church. On the other side, I've opened for Tony Orlando, Chubby Checker, Frankie Avalon, some of the classics there from such a wonderful time in music in the 50s and 60s. So I've had incredible experiences. There were many others. And again, I feel that the shows with the military and veteran community are the ones that are the biggest celebrities in my eyes. because. They were the ones that went out and served and gave and sacrificed, and I was able to be in position to honor them. And that was really a fantastic opportunity. Oh, that's such a great way of giving back and using your talent in a positive way. And you mentioned TV presenting, et cetera. Could you tell us some of what you did there? That'd be really interesting as well. I was able to start on a show called The American Dream TV about five and a half, almost six years ago. I was brought in here in San Diego to the studio, and it was just really launching It was big in San Diego, and it was just starting to launch in other cities. And while I was in the driver's seat of that show hosting, the show actually expanded into 50 cities across the nation, being on ABC, NBC, CBS. And then it got picked up by CNBC 
along with the Travel Channel. So I was able to really grow as a host in the driver's seat while the show continued to grow outside. So a lot of, with the time, Skype interviews, and then those professionals that actually flew in or were local and came into the studio, and I was able to interview them. And it sprung off a couple different shows. We had Lifestyle San Diego. I hosted a show just for military and veteran community that I also produced behind the scenes called Operation American Dream, and then Veterans One. And then we started a show out in Palm Springs for retirees called The Retiring Right. So it allowed me an incredible opportunity to still be in front of the camera, but really understand the back end of production, interviewing guests and helping them be comfortable in the moment to share their story and to really see the backside of what takes place in putting a television show together. So it was an incredible experience that I will treasure for the rest of my life. And I'm thinking, Amy, like for a lot of people out there and including me, as I was growing up, I was a big introvert and appearing in front of the camera is quite scary. Even talking to a room full of people can be quite daunting for a lot of people. Yes, if, most people. It is the most common. Yeah. And if you were to look back at your life, can you pinpoint where you feel have helped you build that confidence to do what you do? Because for a lot of people, it's scary and it could be a big hurdle for someone to jump from their day-to-day -day work to actually being able to present in the way that you do. I do notice that with most professionals of all industries, including nonprofits, great people with incredible hearts, incredible talents and skills. And yet communicating that message once they get in front of others can be where there can be a definite disconnect. For myself, I started singing at the age of three. I was playing piano at three. I started singing and my parents had me in children's choirs. So there was this performance aspect that I learned very quickly. By the time I was eight, I was performing solo and doing songs by myself in front of a couple thousand people. And I remember that I just becoming a part of what I did and who I was. So I learned very young to get over the nerves of that and really enjoyed seeing the audience's response and realizing I'm doing something that maybe they can't do. And I think I really understood that at a young age. I would put on little performances in my own backyard and charge the neighborhood kids to come in and see it. So I always wanted a business plan behind it and make money. I think I understood just being comfortable and presenting something to someone that maybe they couldn't do themselves and finding the joy in that. And so I've always carried that with me as I even help professionals communicate their message or their business. So you put your life and your passion into this business. You built this. Find the joy in that. Let that come out while you share it. Don't hide it. This is your chance to let people know the value that you're bringing. And so helping individuals kind of reach that point in their mind can help overcome those nerves on camera. If someone is listening out there thinking, hey, I would really love to be more confident in my presenting skills and presenting approach, what practical tips could you give us to help them? With anything else, and I know I'm going to beat this one here, it's practice. If we wanted to start training for a marathon, you don't go out and do it the first day. You have to start with those simple steps of realizing what's my training going to be. And first of all, it's your self-awareness. If we don't do a deep dive in discovery and find that self-awareness of how we're representing, what are our face and mannerisms and body language saying? What are my most common words? What do I choose to do in my everyday communications? We can't expect to just practice and then take it out on the camera. There has to be a routine. And for myself included, I still do this. How I even communicate with my family, with my friends in my off time needs to be just as polished because if I don't practice how I'm delivering my message, is it resonating? What is my face saying? 
in my personal time, how do I expect that to come out in my professional time? There has to be that continuity. Just like an athlete doesn't pig out and eat junk food all day and then just train in the morning. It has to be a lifestyle. And the same thing goes with really leveling up our communications. It has to be a lifestyle. We often see people doing a great job and it's easy for someone to say, oh, like they just must be born with that talent. It must be natural. But actually, we don't know all of the hours of hard work that's gone into that performance. Hard work. Yeah. Hard work. And it started for me, especially when I started touring in 2007, those initial radio interviews, being on the morning TV shows as I toured as a performing artist and watching that back and saying, okay, (laughs) all right, we're going to fix that. And really taking an honest look at what I was representing. Was I really sharing what was in my heart that I wanted to share? Did it come across? And we have to take an honest evaluation. And if we can't look at ourselves, which is hard for some people, find a safety person. Someone you're going to say, will you look at this with me? Will you look at this for me? A coach like myself, anyone that can say, let's walk alongside this together. Because making that honest evaluation is really going to be that first step in making new habits in how we communicate. As a society, I feel we've really brought it down a couple notches in how we're communicating. We have, we can email, we can text, we have tools at our fingertips that we can use that we think do it for us. But at the end of the day, being able to speak, being able to really share what it is you're trying to say is powerful. And there's nothing else that can replace that kind of connection. Yeah. And you mentioned there are certain ways that you can talk to your family so yes. that you come across with impact. What are some of those ways or maybe some do's and don'ts? Because I'm trying to think of how I can now go away and apply this with people around me in a safe environment. Even something simple, and I'll be silly with this, but let's say my teenage daughter yells down the stairs, hey, mom, if I just yell back, yeah, what do you want? That's not effective. <laughs> How about, yes, honey, is there something I can do to help you? Practicing just a simple response like that. Is there anything I can do for you today? Rather than, what do you need? We tend to kind of be short with our loved ones, maybe, and just going right to those easy sentences. But to put a complete sentence together in how we speak with my family allows me to effortlessly be that way when I'm in these settings and interviews and coaching and representing the things I'm passionate about. And I feel it shows also respect to my family and my children to speak to them in a polished way shows that I love them and respect them. I really feel that it has leveled up how we even interact with each other. And it also is modeling to my young adult children how to be out there in the world as well. And hopefully they're taking pieces of that. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I was, yeah, for a moment having a flashback of the other day, because that's how exactly how I spoke to my kids, which was the way not to do it. And so even simple, taking out the word, yeah, can change your life. Yes. Yes. I'd be happy to. Yes. Right. Powerful word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've said, yeah. It was, see? (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned about building, I guess, empathy, getting people to connect with you emotionally and your feelings. How can we do that? So if I'm, let's just use an example. Say if I'm delivering a talk tomorrow and I'm going to be presenting to a bunch of people at work. Is there some tips you have for me to create that empathy with my audience? Eye contact. And a big one here that I'm sure you've heard of is your resting face. We may have the best intentions with the words that are coming out of our mouth, but what if we're scowling? What if we look annoyed? We look like we're not really engaged and focusing on what's going on. 
and we're within. A lot of times we can give a look with our resting face that shows a very withdrawn position. Could be the scowl of the eyes. It could be clenched in our jaw. So realizing what our face is doing, even when we're in active listening. So let's say you're standing in front of that presentation. You're in a business setting. What is your face saying even as you're standing there quiet and taking a look at the room? Make some eye contact. Make a nod. Let your eyes lift up and show them, I'm here with you, that I'm not just here to talk at you. I'm here to engage with you. And that makes a big difference. If somebody isn't confident about just speaking off the cuff, so without any aids, like I've seen some people have those little cards and they almost read off them sometimes. But would you say it's always best to try and learn your talk off by heart or? Yes. Right. Okay. And it's okay to have prompts. I, I work with clients. Absolutely. Let's have those bullet points because we need those words that land us into the next section so that we stay on point and keep it interesting. But I am a stickler on practice, word pictures. What is going to launch you into that next point? What is the main message of what you're there to do? What's the beginning, middle, and end? Because anytime we're doing that, we're setting up, where have you been? Who are you? Why are you here? What brought you here? Showing your credibility. Second thing is, what are we doing today? That's those teaching moments. That's the, this is what I've brought to you today. Here's the meat of it. And then there's the call to action at the end. You're either inspiring someone, you're educating someone. We're maybe bringing humor. Maybe we're bringing a a word of warning of some kind. We're there to do something. What is the beginning, middle, and end? And if we can help our brains wrap around that, it's a lot easier to stay on those talking points. But with anything else, it has to be practiced. has to. Even myself, I'm a professional speaker. I do large keynote speakings. I practice and I make sure that my message for that audience is on point because I change it slightly for each audience so that I'm making sure that I'm bringing value to them. And as a avid pro that you are, have you ever had an occasion where it's not gone so well? And what what happened there? And what did you learn from that? Hi, folks. Sorry for the quick interruption. But before we continue with this awesome episode, I have a huge favor to ask. If you're enjoying these conversations and you're finding it's giving you value in your daily challenges, then I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave a short review and subscribe to whichever platform you're either watching or listening to this episode on. That's it. Let's get back into the episode. First, I've learned to forgive myself. It's okay to have an off day. I'm human. (laughs) It happens. I get tired. I have a lot going on. We have a big family as well. So forgiving myself and then taking it as a teachable moment and realizing, okay, how can I polish that up for next time? I learn from every interview. I will be watching this back and I will learn and I'll say, did that resonate? Maybe I need to change how I craft that. What did I learn from you? Because I'm learning things from you here today. So always evaluating what am I learning from those that are influencing me, from what I'm presenting and how can I continue to polish it up? I'm never done, never completed in my learning process, in my evolution. So having the courage and the strength to always self-evaluate and continue working on that is a powerful tool as well. And I think for me, even doing this podcast has been a great learning experience in terms of self-reflection, a bit like what you're saying there in that when you watch yourself back or you hear yourself back, it's very cringy. Like, I think I've never met anyone who says, oh, I love the sound of my own voice. No one does. Yeah, right? All the time. It's so funny you say that. The word cringy. And Everyone says, is this how I look? Is this how I sound? And no one likes it. 
Yeah. But the answer, you know what the answer is? The answer is yes. This is how you look and this is how you sound. So if you don't like it, let's start with those tools to fix it. Let's create it in something that's likable for you. As a singer, would you ever listen to one of your songs and say, hey, I really love the way I sing? Like, does that ever happen? Or oh, are yeah. you also cringy about your own voice when you're singing? Oh, no, I had to learn to be to be critical of myself and say, okay, where do I need to improve? Was I pitchy there? Did it come across? Do I need to work on my tone? And then when I, like this last project, it was a lot of work. And I listened back and go, yeah, I really love it. Would I listen to this? I'm proud of the work I did. It's okay to be proud of ourselves and our own growth and our own accomplishment. And I singing for me has been something that came on, like I said, since I was three years old. So to see a finished product like that, if I would be disrespecting the producer, the musicians, and the gift that this project was, if I cringed at it, I needed to look at it and receive it as a gift and say, I'm so thankful that I was able to use my talent. I'm proud of what came out. Sure, I'm sure I could have done better. I can critique it. But I also am so joyful that opportunity came about at this stage in life for another chance to put music out to the world. And I wouldn't kick that. I wouldn't kick that gift horse and proud of it. And yes, I can look at it and say, I love it. Oh, wonderful. I love that. And you've talked about the words that you use, the way in which you show up in terms of your body language. You've talked about self-reflection and analyzing yourself afterwards. Is there something else we should also be cognizant of when we're trying to improve upon ourselves in this skill set? One thing that I would advise to remember is that this is the most common. Everyone feel this, feels this way. So to feel alone in it and it's just me, that's not true. It's all of us. So if we can kind of even that playing field, and I always tell everybody, hey, myself as well, I'm taking that word out too. I caught myself using a filler word yesterday as well. It's okay. There's a common thread here, but let's maybe as a community start leveling up and support each other in this, in in increasing our vocabulary, increasing our communication skills and our nonverbals, because it really does, it changes our business. It can change our relationships and it makes a better impact on us as a community. So take that fear off is my biggest advice. Take the limits off of it and realize it's okay. Everyone feels this way. I'm ready to face it. If somebody came to you and said, please coach me in this, like, do you have a process that you follow? Or is it a step-by-step process? Could you just share a couple of insights on that? What is that process? A big part of the process actually starts with me because I have to learn that individual. I have to go through all of their videos, any content that they have. We spend time in conversation online. If it, most of my clients I, I have to see online, I do have a few that are local. But learning, I have to learn you and say, okay, what is your most common body language doing? What is your most common words? How do you present yourself? So in general conversation and doing practice interview, I'm really going to engage in that plus studying that individual. Then we go into making those changes. And the one thing is that this is going to be hard work. This isn't just work when we're meeting together. You're going to do this 24-7. I really assign a lot of what I call homework that they need to work on together. Then we really have some fun starting the rebrand and the recraft as a professional individual, whatever their goals are. So I do a deep dive on what their goals are. Are they doing this just for social media? Are they doing this because they're going to be on a major stage and they're speaking? Are they doing this just to be a more effective communicator with their own staff, with their business? So I, I have to know what their goals are and what this is for. And then we come up with a nice strategic plan and we meet at least once a week, sometimes more. And we start changing how they present. It's really 
incredible from my seat to see this taking place. I literally watch individuals transform their body language, their vocabulary, and they share back with me how it's being received with their colleagues and at home with their family. They are forever changed. They will never go backwards again. And it's really exciting work. It's quite interesting that we get to a certain point in our life and then we try to improve ourselves with this skill set. Yet, wouldn't it be great if we learned a lot of this at school and as we were growing up at a young age? Because then I guess we wouldn't have fallen into some of those bad habits. Yes. Unfortunately, it's exactly what it is. It's the bad habits that we start acquiring. And it could be cultural. It could be the way we spoke in our home growing up. There's going to be all kinds of influences that go into how we choose to communicate with our peer group. And sometimes young adults then get into their professions, the way that they communicated with their peers or at school or even in college and university, that may not transcend over to the career that they've chosen. So that's a time that shift can also start taking place and realize, okay, it's time to level up and learn some new ways of doing it. And sometimes at the younger age, they don't feel that they need to. We've got a lot of great technology that's speaking for them. So that's fine. But I've noticed a lot of my client base is more in that 40 to 60 age range that is saying, okay, I really need to learn this. It's time to level up and I want to stay relevant in my profession. Got it. And if people are looking for some resources where they could learn more, and I know I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how people can contact you and get support from the great work you do, but like, are there any recommended books or other resources as well that you would suggest? I would start with books that really help you take limiting beliefs off because a lot of times if you're like, nope, I can't do it. I'm afraid. Nope, I can't. Then we're not going to get anywhere. So definitely start with that introspect work that says I'm going to take off those limiting beliefs that I can't do it because we can change anything. A couple weeks and anything can be a new habit. We absolutely, our brains are amazing if we allow them to do what they are designed to do. So I would start with any books that help you with that self-revelation taking off limiting beliefs, and being willing to learn something new and expand. Any reading at all, though, no matter what the book, I don't care if it's Dr. Seuss, is also going to start expanding your vocabulary. Reading is a critical component. I'm an avid reader. And reading out loud is going to allow you to hear how you deliver and your inflections. Because you'll notice a lot of us speak in ways that we would never put in writing. You hear a professional answer a question, I'm sure even on your show, that's, yeah, so I, we would never start a sentence with that in an email. So I would say, we shouldn't say it if we wouldn't write it that way. And reading is going to allow us to really start polishing up how we craft those sentences. Perfect. And so how can people get in touch with you and find out more about the great work that you do? Thankfully, I have a very uncommon name, so I'm the easiest person to find. If you Google Amy Scruggs, I promise it will come up. It's Amy Scruggs Media. And it's all there. And it also has a link over to Amy Scruggs Music, individual sites. They point to each other. I'm on all social media. You'll find Amy Scruggs, Amy Scruggs Media. And then you can reach me directly. If people want to check out your songs as well, are they on YouTube and those sort of places? They're everywhere. Any streaming platform, you can find the music. You just put in Amy Scruggs and the new music is out there along with YouTube. Yes. So I was very thankful. We really had a great worldwide release with the music this last year. And it's such a blessing. Thank you so much for asking about that. Oh, no, you're welcome. And I'm going to straight after this, I'm going to go check it out. And Because uh, I had no idea. I had no idea you were doing all of that great work. My like, other life. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing what uh, you can find out. I confuse people. myself on some days, so it's okay. <laughs> Who am I today? Which hat is this? It all weaves in. It's fun. 
<laughs> why not? I've li- why not? Why not live all our passions? I only get one time to do this, right? Yeah. Why not? Why not do both? I don't have to choose. That's a whole episode in its own right there, Amy, because I hear lots of people say, oh, follow your passion. And you're like, well, I do 10 things. Which one? All of them. Right? Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Why not? Take the limits off. Yeah, because you sometimes, you're constantly discovering new passions or passions get merged into new things and new innovation as well. So it's like, if you just limit yourself, Yes. One, then I think you miss. I would rather have failure than regret. So I try it all. Well, on that note, because I know we're fast running out of time and you've got a tight schedule. So, Amy, thank you so much. It's been lovely to uh, catch up with you. And I'm certainly wiser after this conversation. And uh, and so thank you so much. Oh, Patty, you're an incredible host. And what a great value you are bringing to the world with this show. Thank you. Thank you for being bold to say, I'm going to do this and put this out there and giving a platform like this for other professionals to come on and say, this is who I am and what I do. What an incredible resource you've provided. And thank you so much for your time today. Oh, you're welcome. There you have it, folks. It's the end of another insightful episode. And as always, thank you so much for sticking around to listen to this episode and for helping support me and encouraging me to create more content for you guys. If you'd like to get in touch with me directly, you'll find my email address in the show notes or equally head over to the website and click on the contact link. And I promise I will respond to every single message I receive. I'm always looking for your feedback. So if you'd like me to change things up or improve things, I would love your opinions. If there are topics that you would like us to do future episodes on, or there are other great speakers that you are aware of, then please do mention them and uh, we'll see if we can make it happen. Thank you once again. 